Hi, welcome to the episode 3535 of Take It Easy. In today's episode, I've got an interview with Warren. Uh, Warren is a major contributor to EVA England, and we're just going to talk about the inception of EVA England, the whole story, what it is, you know, how you can get involved, and what it does, and also uh, about his house, um, which he kind of converted, you know, into being as energy efficient and sustainable as possible, which is very inspiring and. Warren himself is a very inspiring person. Uh, if you ever, you know, come across him at any event, uh, just go and uh, chat to him. He's a, he's an amazing guy, and uh, I had a privilege of sitting down with him at the beginning of March and uh, recording an episode. Uh, so enjoy that. But first, I need to run through a couple of messages. So first of all, sorry about the absence in the last month and a bit, but March is a bit of a a bit of a tragic month for me, um, and I just had to take so, some time off. Um, secondly, uh, I've recorded quite a few things at the beginning of March, but they, you know, I couldn't get them released uh, just yet. Uh, they, they, they'll come soon. Uh, the next couple of episodes are going to be video form and audio as well. So um, do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, it's just called Take It EV or Take It EV Podcast. Uh, at the moment, it has a very small following because the videos are just, you know, audio podcasts with the uh, overlay graphics. So that's obviously not very entertaining. Uh, but I've got a couple of interviews there already in video form. So, you know, go and check that out. Secondly, I really, really need you. If you, um, if you, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, just go to the Patreon and just chuck in two quid a month. Uh, it really it's really necessary. I had to spend quite a bit of money on a couple of things just to get things going uh, for this podcast. And, you know, as much as I love talking to people, uh, and I'll probably continue to do so, um, I really need to see and feel people's support behind this podcast, please. Uh, it's really important to me. I mean, it's free. It always will be, will be free. Um, for, you know, as long as I keep on paying my hosting fees. Um, but it, you know, I just need to feel the support. Uh, it really, it's really important. Um, this is just a hobby for me. I'm not going to make any money on this. But I just need you to, to you know, show us your support. Um, and also go, you know, go and uh, and share this podcast with your friends. Um, give us a five star rating anywhere you can. Just, just you know, just I just need people to go and support me. Um, support this podcast and make it bigger than it is, uh, please. I've been going since 2019 and I really need this. Um, anyway, on with the show. Let's talk about EVA. Well, we'll start with that. It's EVA England. EVA England. It, it's important that it's EVA England. Okay. So, yeah, this is EVA England especially. Um, and if, we can go into why if you want as well. Uh, I'm happy to. Like, um, are all the EVAs sort of in the UK connected or, or are they kind of separate entities? So, um, we all work together. But the thing is, though, uh, so EVA has three letters. EVA is a name, but it's also um, there is various schemes that are appropriated those letters already and they're using them for other things so when we talk we are very specifically saying eva england 
because we are the Electric Vehicle Association for England. Yeah. In the same way, we've got EVA Scotland, we've got an EVA Northern Ireland as well. Um, there, there is talk of a Welsh group, but it, it's, it's, this is not something simple to do. Um, and so I think it's just it's a struggle to find people who are that committed to do it. It takes a lot of commitment to do this stuff. Yeah. Um, just to get it off the ground is really hard work. And there's, there's lots of lovely people who would really like to do this in, say, Wales, um, but they haven't been able to find that level of commitment. You need a bunch of people who are committed because unless you're retired and have all the time in the world, or a bunch of you are retired and have all the time in the world, you, just, you cannot put this thing together properly. Uh, and that's the issue at the moment, which is finding people in Wales um, to take it on at the level it needs to be done. Okay. So let's talk about EVA England then. <laughs> so EVA England, so what do you want to know? Um, uh, I can start with how we, we, we got together. So basically, um, uh, it's kind of come, this EVA England kind of grew from a lot of different things. It wasn't just a single individual or, or thing. There was a few people who were kind of all in the same sort of space and we all kind of collaborated to put this together. Um, on the actual lobbying side, um, Alan Cooklin met Bridget Phelps, and that's then they're actually our chair. Uh, Bridget's our chair, and Alan's our vice chair. Um, they met at a charging at a charger. They were talking about the, the state of the charging infrastructure. Classic, and they were like typical EV drivers, right? <laughs> yes. You know, oh, at, at a charge at a charger, having a conversation, as we all do. All of us, all of us who kind of been in this for, I mean, I've been here six years. I'm driving EVs now. We all want to help our fellow people because we we struggled. We've all had the struggle, you know, and all of us who've been doing this for a while tend to try and stop it and chat to people that's because we, we do so they met at a charging station they were chatting about rest and pieces um they both have backgrounds in charities and lobbying and all those kind of things and so they were like well where is the association where's the driver's association for this um and there just isn't one in england there's a scottish eva and they are amazing they've been running for like i think it's coming up 11 years this year and they have done amazing things in Scotland. If you look at the charging infrastructure out there and the free charging, all the bits and pieces they've had for so long, they've done a great job. And they've worked, worked themselves into a position in Scotland where they are trusted and they, are, they have a lot of members. And, you know, they're, doing, they're fighting the good fight. They're really good guys. But there was nothing in the rest of the country, basically. Um, so Alan then took it upon himself to try and find other people um, and my, my dog's just come and say hello, by the way. So we hear sniffing on the microphone. That's what it is. I'm not just uh, breathing heavily here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, so basically, Alan started looking around for other people who are in this space and spoke to um, the usual suspects you would do. You know, you speak to Scottish, the, the guys in Scotland, but you also would speak to, you know, Fully Charged, the Renewable Energy Association, REA, and some other bits and pieces. Oh, there's a that's, dog. That's my dog. Um, so yeah, so um, and he then got he met a guy called um, uh, Dan Brown, um, who is who was at the REA and a few other people. And then alongside that, um, well, you know me from Sussex EVs. Yes. So Neil set up Sussex EVs, and I got involved in that quite early on. And then, and before I was doing that, I was doing other bits and pieces with Transition Town, and I was already doing a lot of. Um, uh, sort of EV, I was like an EV evangelist, people used to call me, because I used to do 
various shows and talked to the press and the journalists and do bits and pieces and had stuff on the web. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got things on the Tesla website. I've got BBC. Um, I did a whole bunch of stuff in that thing. So I was kind of already kind of known for that. I bumped, I met Neil at, a, at um, an Atos TV meet and we became friends and I've been helping with that since then. Um, and so I was kind of known in the EV stuff for that. And then this guy, Raleigh, was looking for to do an EV association for England. And so he contacted a bunch of people in the various um, groups around the country, or locally anyway. He lives, he, at the time he was living just across the border in Surrey. So he came to a couple of meetings, he'd met a few of us, and he kind of talked to us, and he'd been emailing back and forth. And it's, it was really interesting what his idea was. Um, but the Nexus group is a very much a community and we're all in the group, especially it's everyone, everyone is trying to do life and do this as a, as a thing. There isn't that, um, that time that people need to put something like this together. But, um, in the end, I think it was Neil, myself, um, and Gary, UK EV. Yes, yeah. Gary, you know Gary. Yeah, I know Gary, Gary. Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, who were all invited to this, the first sort of online meetings of these people, and when we got there, in the room was obviously uh, Bridget and Alan, but also uh, Dan from REA, and then um, Jill, Jill Noel, who you've had on the podcast before, I think. I had, yes, yeah. 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 Um, and Jill came in via, I think, I think fully charged, and some other people mentioned her as well. So I think fully charged mentioned her, fully charged mentioned that the, the, the EV groups as well. So that's how we kind of get together. Um, and we all did end up on, on the, uh, a Zoom call talking about this and seeing what we could do and how we were interested and what it would involve and so on. And then um, Gary had has a million things going on he, you know what he's like he's a man with many things happening yes uh, and he was trying to change the facebook group to be more than that do the website and do the bits and pieces so he already had plans what he wanted to do with his stuff um and neil is again just a busy person and the nexus stuff takes a lot of time and uh, and it takes a lot of time because it is everyone's everyone's in the community. It's not a company. It is, you know, try, it's like herding cats. It's like trying to organise a party. Or, you know, it's like oh my god, someone just answer an email. You know, it, it's and it's and it's and it's just because we're all it's life. It's you know this isn't we're not getting paid for this. All of us doing it in our own time. And so the nexus is a different feel. It's very much a, a community. I, I, I feel like the nexus is much more of a hippie sort of thing. Everyone's kind of putting together for the right cause, um, and. EVA England needed to be much more of a structured company. It needs to be a um, you. You got to you got to um, you almost like you got to if you're if you're trying to change the world and fight fight like against the um, fossil fuel lobbies, you've got to be organised in the same way they are. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. We, we, we wanted to do. We wanted to be like strong and coherent and together and organized and you need to be otherwise you don't get in you don't get a foot in the door you don't get into that room when these conversations are happening and so that's what we did so we um we set up as a cic we we're going to try and do it as a charity but that takes a it takes a lot of work and we were all geared up for it but then the um 
the 2030 consultation came out and the the change from 2050 to 2030 to try and move that that needle came and we thought we need to be we need to be working now we can't be trying to work on becoming a charity we need to be working on saying that as ev drivers we want it to be 2030 and not 2040 and not 2050 and we want it to be uh, and we support this we want this and so we set up really quickly we we set up as a cic um with the six of us and we did our survey we surveyed the ev drivers and um we put our stuff together and we submitted it and we got uh, our views into that consultation and that wasn't a simple i say that as a, a really simple set of steps it's not it's a it was a quite a complicated thing through quite a difficult thing for us to to put together and put together coherently and in a way that people paid attention because you've got to remember that we're fighting against the likes of fair fuel and those guys who've got a lot of money and it literally was you know uh, one of us paid for i think I, I think i paid for the hosting no, no i didn't i paid for hosting jill paid for the domains like you know we did this all of our own money we didn't we didn't no one paid for this we did that whole first piece on our own we did all that bit on our own we all chipped in a few hundred quid here and there and whatever it took to get it up and running yeah. we all use our own kit um and we got going and then um bridget and alan are amazing and they know all the stuff and all how this works and they've set up the charities and things before so they then looked into getting us grants we got a startup seed grant that gave us a bunch of money to give us you know a member of staff just to do the collation of the information run things in the background to set up our um our back-end system so that everyone who registers us as a member is that their stuff is protected that that information is looked after we don't just whack it onto a spreadsheet and tuck it on a you know google drive somewhere it's you know it's in a proper uh it, you know it, it's properly looked after in a crm we we take all that stuff very seriously um so yeah we did all that and we kind of ran but what happened really is it's it should really be a two-pronged attack for this stuff with the one half being lobbying which is which is the thing that is the most important thing um and then the other half being members but we just haven't because of the way it's kind of gone and because of we've been so successful in the lobbying side and getting into that room we've put a lot of our time and most of our time into talking to mps talking to members of talking to lords talking to um department for transport talking to uh, the various organizations and stuff who are doing this that that's become most of what we do mm-hmm. and on the flip side we haven't been able to chase those membership benefits and chase getting new members and that's all changing now we're changing our we're changing all that now so there'll be announcements coming into fully charge what we're doing and things new benefits for members and how we're changing things and pulling more members in because we need more members to to make this this carry on okay so the 2022 is going to be a year of of big things for eva yeah it is so we um we spent the last year doing all this lobbying stuff and then we got some we 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 um we need to keep the lights on in essence so we went to get some more grants we we did some uh we applied for some more grants and we've just got a, re- a grant that came it should have come at the end of last year but actually we were all working really hard on cop we were at cop doing stuff at cop for transport day and pushing things and trying to get things done and working with various people at cop um and so again that just took a long time but the grant we have now got a grant which gives us enough money 
to run staff for 18 months. So we have an 18-month slot now, and that money will start coming in from April, where we are going to hire people, and we're, we're just hiring for our new CEO. So we're just on the interview stage of that, um, and we'll be... Um, We'll be announcing that soon, and there'll be a whole bunch of stuff coming with that. Um, but that then gives that gives a bit. We need to be sustainable, so that person coming in is going to build um, build us into being a sustainable entity. Where we, whether it's with grants we get from various people, whether it's um, work we do on things like surveys and responses to things, where we you know where we can, where it's being involved in various things that have come out where we can claim money from the government we'd like a lot we'd like the money to come, a lot of money to come from our members because that gives us complete independence and yeah. we're not beholden to anyone but the, the the plan is it's that person coming in will set up a small team around themselves and they will build a sustainable um eva england which will then continue this work because as much as um the six of us have really pushed or to do this stuff um two of two, two of the the team are retired so they have a bit more time um and when i say that i mean they have a bit more time but they're um they they have other things going on they're doing other bits and pieces as well they're very active in um other charities and other events and things and the rest of us all work so um we give it we give our time to this thing so for me i i've dropped a day of at work so i've taken a 20 percent pay cut which gives me one whole day that i can spend doing family stuff and doing eva stuff eva england stuff um and that's what i give to this but that isn't sustainable long term i've probably got maybe another year of that realistically before i have to think about um maybe came back to work full time or maybe how I juggle my time a bit more. Um, it all depends on family more than anything else. Family is always first for me. Um, but I will give whatever time I can to this and I will build this and do whatever I can. But once we're at that sustainable point, um, I just need to see this grow, grow and flourish. And I, I just can be there in the background kind of helping steer it. Um, but it, the only way you get any real change is if it's done properly and it needs to be a sustainable, real thing like with a real company with real people who are it's their jobs to do this work yeah yeah you you want people to be able to focus continuously yeah is it fair to say that um you guys are looking for volunteers still or um uh... we're always looking for volunteers so um so so the like let's talk about money as a, an association just we'll touch on that because um I've already, as I've just said, we need to be paying people and do this properly as a full-time thing. Um, that's great, but if we we need to maintain our independence, so I can't just take money. I, as much as you know, we have various people coming to us and saying, "Can we give you money?" Because we really, um, we really uh, respect what you're doing, and that's all great. And we'd like to give you this, and we'd like to give that. Um, we have to be very careful about where that money comes from because as you can see in the current political climate if that money's coming from the wrong place then you kind of shoot yourself in the foot and, res and our reputation is everything the fact that we are independent we're fighting a good fight it's about the mission as dan caesar would say um that is really important because if say um uh, a fossil fuel company is out there and they're trying to greenwash stuff 
it'd be really easy for them to give us here's a few thousand pounds put our logo on your website look where the good guys really but that then kills our reputation because yeah. then we're the ones taking that money so that's where volunteers really come in handy people we we have we have so much stuff we could do and we need to do um that we just don't have the time for uh, and even when we get staff on board doing bits and pieces there is a certain amount of volunteering that really helps because these are real people who are in the situation you know they these are the people whose voice we're trying to amplify um and so that really helps so if you're if you're thinking about it and you have time um volunteering is an amazing thing and i was talking to people about this today and or not today sorry this weekend um so I'm an IT. I'm an IT guy. That's where I come from. Um, so I got into this by accident. I kind of fell into this through other things I did and through just talking to other people. And they were like, "Well, you should be doing this. You should be helping people." Um, and and I I do a lot of this sort of talking stuff. I like I like talking to people and explaining all this stuff. But the other thing I'm good at is IT. So when I we set this up, I was able to go. Yeah, I can I can do the domains. I can do this. I can set up. Office 365, I can do all of that kind of stuff because I can do that. So when you look at this stuff, it's not just about, oh, I'm a, I'm a volunteer. I want to help volunteer. It's not just about, oh, I'm giving you a bit of my time. I'm going to give out leaflets to do whatever. Sometimes it's like, well, I'm a project manager. I can give three hours of my, my week to helping with project management yeah, so because you, that's my skill. Yeah, you're basically looking for somebody who's already very good at what they're doing. Um, and they can just jump in and do it. Um, yeah, and, and that could be anything. That could be literally anything. For I'm very good at talking to people on a stand. So, you know, we, we are looking for volunteers to come and help us at fully charge and just talk to people. And, you know, when they're talking about electric vehicles or when they're talking about their problems, someone could listen to them, maybe make a few notes and hand them back to us and we can contact those people later on and try and help them. Or someone who's just generally good on social media and fancies coming helping us with our social media a little bit or someone who's good at copy someone who can write stuff someone who's got a you know can turn a phrase quite nicely and fancies writing a few blog posts for us i mean there's a, like loads of things they could do for us people could do for us if they if if they want to literally any we we can use any help we can get um you know uh, and whether that is amplifying our voice on twitter or facebook or or just being an ally and a friend, you know, sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes it's just nice to have a bunch of volunteers where you can just call people and say, we're trying to do this thing, but it doesn't quite sit right. What do you think? Yeah. And getting that opinion back might give us an idea to do something a bit differently, or they might know someone who can help with things. Um, so, yeah, volunteering in general, uh, if you can, if you can do I've been volunteering for most of my life since I was at school. Um, my school, I, 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 I went. I, my parents Catholic. I'm, I was brought up as a Catholic, and my school was very. I went to a Catholic school, and it was a lot of things we did. And part of the things we did when we were in the older years was we were given options as to what we wanted to do. And one of the things you could do is you could take one of your periods and you could use it for voluntary time. So I, I did, um, and I, th at the time, I thought it was. At the time, it was good excuse to get out of school. It was like, I can, yeah. I can, I can get out of school for three hours. It's awesome. But actually, you know, we went to hospitals and read to people and talked to people, and 
it made such a difference in their lives and it was nothing it was like, literally it was like god this is such a simple thing i am literally playing chess with this man who is a bit lonely or i am literally just having a chat about with this woman about music or whatever and it was such a simple thing but it made such a difference it kind of like well God, we can do these things. These small things make a big difference. Why don't we do them? So, <laughs> yeah, volunteering is is, is amazing. Uh, whenever I've done it, it fulfills you a little bit and opens you up to other things in life. Definitely, uh, it's but, but you know because you you mentioned sort of IT and sort of office skills um, or type of skills, but I'm I'm sure you're looking for other people, people on the ground. Probably even people such as lawyers or you know whatever anybody anybody who, I mean who can like who, uh, a professional or somebody who's skilled and you know spent some time doing something. It doesn't even need to be professional. Like if you're if you're a mum and can handle you know four unruly children, come along to one of our events because sometimes it's like that you know. <laughs> um, and I'm and I'm serious. It's just if you if you have time if you if you um, believe in not necessarily our cause, but a cause. You believe in whatever cause it is, and you can give some of your time. Give some of your time. As much as um, giving money and giving um, things is is what is needed a lot of the time, um, time time is the th- is the most valuable resource to people. It's the th- it's the thing. It it takes a little bit of um organizing uh, and we're working very hard on that because we haven't got many volunteers but organizing them so that their time is useful but yeah just that time you know maybe you're good at you're good at poetry you know and you, you're good at you're good at jokes good at puns brilliant you know you can write some puns for our twitter account i mean literally anything find your talent tell us what you can do and we we, we can we can find a way of putting that to use you know so yeah it's just about i think it's about that belief and that passion if you if you if you're um if you believe in the cause and you want to help yeah and it's a different organization when it's actually led by oh, when there's loads of volunteers inside like it's a bit more relaxed and kind of you know um it just kind of flows in a different way compared yeah. to like a commercial organization so but we're we're trying to be a voice for ev drivers and so you know, it's important that EV drivers are represented, and that, and we talk to them, and they understand yeah. that. So even if your, even if your skill is, you can talk to EV drivers, you can email back and forth to people and get opinions for us. Or if someone's got a problem, you can spend a bit of time helping them get their problem resolved. And whether that is, you know, like I'll give you some examples of things that that we've done for for members and not even non-members you know these, we, we help people where we can you know we've spoken to or I personally i've spoken to um uh charge operators whether people have problems with cpos you know i've kind of did look can you look at this i've spoken to um energy companies and said there's a we've got someone here's got a problem can 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 you help you know um just because they're getting frustrated or because they're getting stuck somewhere um i've spoken to motorway service stations where someone's got a parking ticket because the charger when they arrived that they, they were um there was two cars queuing and they couldn't get any further in their leaf so they had to wait and so when those those cars are done and it took an hour for each car they plugged in they charged for an hour and they left they'd been there for more than two hours they got a parking ticket 
you know that's a phone call that's an email to someone say look this is what happened and this person's really struggling with this can we help and you know a lot, lot of time it's like that's it's, we'll, we'll sort something out we can do something um that that's the kind of things we we can do just being able to to listen to someone and, and steer them in the right direction or point them in the right direction and sometimes you, you get these things where someone comes to you and they say all oh, you know like really frustrated they're really angry and you have to kind of just say i appreciate where you're coming from but this is it from the other side and this is what the problem is and as much as you think this is the solution it's a bigger picture we need to look at here yeah. so sometimes sometimes the person at the other end of that email or on the phone isn't actually in the right and you've got to kind of say well actually in this case the cpo the chargement operator is doing this and that's why it's like this you know that's why the charger hasn't got a shelter that's why the charger is like this not to say that we don't need a shelter i'm saying that's what that's what happened and i'm not you know i'm not to say that why do they put the charges over there well because that would cost x thousand pound more because they have to dig up the entire car park to run cables over there whereas it's really simple and really quick to put a cable in here and put it here and that's why it's in an awkward space or that's why they yeah. can't do this or that's why everyone keeps parking in that spot because it's a really convenient spot quite quite often um like i i had i had other people on the podcast before who um are charge point operators or they manufacture uh charging points and they would tell me that the operator has no no choice. They're told this is your spot and you have to put it there, and that's it. Like there's no you know there's no negotiation. No negotiation. There's no, no. There's no actually that's a really bad spot. Can we stick it over here? It's like no. The power comes in there and this is over here and this is our plan and it's already been approved and that's where you're going to have it. And oh, and you can't have this and you can't have that. I know you want it a bit like this, but no, we can't do that. And yeah. So it, it literally a lot of these things are are um are fixed these guys can't make a change and and as much as we need that change to be made we're working on that stuff we're lobbying the government to give clarity on it um the charge point consultation will finally be coming out soon i can't say when um for two reasons one because i'm not, not one because i'm not supposed to say when it's coming out even though i've been given an, an, a date but also because with the situation in politics because it's, it's because of the way politics works as much as you might want to give your announcement about what you want to do as a you know what the government's going to do about this if the political um situation changes and you know the prime minister does something stupid they will hold it for a week or a month until that story dies down yeah. otherwise it gets swamped and lost in the lost in the static at the moment yeah it's been like that for months we've just had months of oh it's a really bad time to release this we're not going to release it now oh it's a really bad oh, this has happened we can't release it now because we'll lose the we'll lose the the impact so yes there is stuff coming about um charge point consultation we've worked really hard on that with um ozev and the dft to get our voices heard and with what's going on and that is coming out soon um, as part of a whole big wider thing now as well because it's been delayed for so long um, the other big one coming is um, accessibility which is another one of my my passions is to make things accessible for people um, uh, so my my father-in-law was in a wheelchair for many many years and so that kind of gave me a real insight into living with someone and trying to do stuff with someone who's in a wheelchair and not to say that I'm I have I have insight to it. I don't. I don't know. I'm not in a wheelchair, so. But um, it it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of this stuff and how um, we need to do better for for people. And 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 this yeah. and it's not 
just people like wheelchairs an easy one to say but everyone benefits absolutely everyone benefits from this stuff like if i if i i, I got have long covid so i struggle with a few things physically um, my hearing is going um a lot of us wear glasses these are all these are all things but if you are um a parent with a child or a couple of kids having a bit of space makes it easier having accessible stuff just makes it easier for you having chargers that are well thought out makes your life easier even if you're completely able-bodied you know because you might have one kid in your arm because you have to carry one of them or you might be just trying to have that just 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 trying to live and do stuff is is you know is a is complicated enough just coming back to your charger with your hands full of shopping is complicated enough you yeah. know so accessibility helps everybody yeah and uh, like i said on the on the previous episodes uh 20% or 25% of the population at some point will end up with some disability one or another or is uh, sorry at the moment has some sort of a disability and i i'm, I'm able to body and all that but i hate com coming up to a charger um and then just being able to barely open the door because you're so so much squeezed in it's just it's you know it's impossible to, for most people to do that to like to to just navigate it all just bump into your car it would be nicer to it would be nice to have just a lot of space around you uh, yeah. just to be able to plug it in or you know never mind having children shopping whatever but just 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 for for the uh, for the luxury of having some space and and i think what you know because at the moment um we don't have choice when it comes to where the um the charger point it's going to go when it gets in, uh, installed but at some point um having a charging point in, in your car park is going to be a necessity for most of the uh, uh people who have car parks around their you know properties um and more thought is going to be given into uh, into it and i hope this is going to be happening soon because there's so much there's so much going on into in 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 the the field of not just accessibility but like safety around chargers and you know simple things like just having a canopy when it's snowing or raining yeah <laughs> yeah and that's just another complication from planning laws yeah it's not a simple thing i know people say oh we can't use the canopy but it's not as simple as that it really if it was people would do it yeah um it, it is a it's a massive amount of hoops jump through and it becomes a, a whole thing. And then there's a whole maintenance thing and a safety thing with a, you know, what if it's high winds, you know, you have to make sure it can cover the winds and if it falls over or someone crashes into it. So there's a whole, whole bunch of stuff that comes with it. It's not as simple as people think it is. Yeah. Um, it put, yeah. put it this way. It extends the lifespan of the electronics uh, in the charger. So if they could put it, they would have done it by default because it just saves them money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like the the the, co the cost actually isn't so much in the canopy. The cost is actually in the the things around it, the hoops you have to jump through, and the delay it will take. You know, it it could delay your your charger install by six months, a year, putting a canopy on it. Yeah, and so it's almost like, well, would you like a charger this year without a canopy, or would you like a charger in you know six to eighteen months with a canopy? And if you're not going to put a charger in now, then that company over there will put the charger in now without a canopy because they want to get into that spot. It's a fairly fierce competition. There's, there's some of the charge point operators have, you know, hundreds of pounds of incentives if you give them a detail of a uh, of a person who would like to have a charger installed on their property. It's that fierce. Like, yeah. it, <laughs> it's interesting. It, it, are there any other things on the sort of current affairs sort of list of things that you know are worth mentioning from 
that you can talk about? Uh, um, uh, you see, it's it's hard because there's so many things going around and there's so many things going on. I can't remember which ones are public anymore. Um, <laughs> the motability one, which is the one that is the the um, the accessibility one, we're working with motability on it. That is like literally imminent. It'll be out. The the consultation phase it will be out soon, um, and then there's a very short period where we will have to basically do a survey, get people's responses to this thing, um, and then collate that, and then get it back into the government before a deadline. And it's quite a small window we have there to do that. So that piece is going to be huge for us, and it's like a lot of work. Um, and so we're gearing up for that as well. Again, it's all the stuff we do in the background to prep us for it because we've got to get it right. Um, and um, we, again, what can I say? Uh, I'm trying to think, how can, how can I put this without getting anyone in any trouble? Um, that document has been written as a sort of stage one consultation. The consultation piece is out. And um, we know people who have seen it, who are on that sort of in that doing that thing and so we have an insight to some of the stuff but obviously they cannot tell us what's on that what's going to happen and what's what they're going to all questions are going to be asked so we've got to try and cover all the bases um but what we will do is one once that's public we will analyze the whole thing and i, and I believe it's not a short document it's like in the I think it's like 20, 30 pages of documentation to go through. And we will try and pick out the things that we think really need to be addressed or really need to be spoke, people need to speak up about. Um, and again, it's not just about being um, disabled. This is about accessibility. So whether you are able-bodied or not able-bodied or whatever, whatever your levels. Or the other thing I only found out recently was that when they say um, able-bodied versus dis disabled, that, that those stats only count to about age 60. I think it might be 60 or 65. I think at that point, you just you, that, that's not what the number they're looking at is. Because over 65 or over that age thing, everyone gets old and gets a bit weaker and a bit frailer we you know we're getting old and so you all kind of tip into that scale so that's and that's that's a large percent of the population who are over that age you know yeah yeah um so it's really important that even if right now you think that this isn't something you need to care about it will be because you will either get to that age or someone you care about will get to that age and it'll be an issue so collating that information and getting that information back and obviously we're going to analyze it first and try and go a bit of steer where we think the things are we really need to push on and and do um and and then we can then take those results put them all together into something coherent and pass that back and try and get, make the changes we need to get to that done that is a big one that's coming up that's the biggest one that's coming up in the next few weeks um on top of that there's a whole bunch of stuff coming up for um uh, charging infrastructure um you've met kate kate Tyrrell. she's yes. yeah, she's going to be on one of the next episodes so. oh, she's amazing she's doing amazing works so i'm where again like so I, I like i like doing a lot of this stuff in the background as much as i'm on on this talking to you right now my favorite bit is if i can talk to people in the background and i can say you need to talk to this person over here and put people together and they go and do something amazing and no one ever needs to know that i was involved in that um so I'm trying desperately to get Kate linked in with some really cool people so that she can do amazing things, and she is doing amazing things. 
Take It EV Podcast. We talk about EVs from the heart. We are the podcast about the EVs where we don't just self-charge, but we also plug in. Speaking of, like, let's leave the EVA aside, but you, your house is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look, you know, it looks normal from the outside, just yeah. solar panels on the outside, but you can probably speak about things that you've implemented in, in your own house as a sort of sustainability measures. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, my my house, which my daughter has literally just got back. She's just behind you over there. She's waving. Um, yeah, so she is the reason for all of this stuff, actually. So when, um, when she was born... Um, we had a my wife had difficult birth we ended up having an emergency c-section and i was literally left holding the baby uh in like the the not like the the sort of side room and while they put my wife back together again and i was there for like 40 minutes just holding on to this child going oh my god <laughs> you know uh and and there was a lot of time for reflection in there with what am i doing and what have I done and my responsibilities and those kind of things. It kind of, you know, people that having a kid change your life. It really does. Um, especially if you're just left holding the baby with no one else. And you just, you know, it, it was, it was a bit of a shock and all the things run through your head. Like if my wife dies, what do I do, you know, how do I cope with this stuff? Um, so, so that was the start of my journey. And at that point, I'm, 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 I'm a huge petrol head. I'm massively into my cars. If you look at my Facebook, and I haven't changed it because I think it's, I think it's, not, um, it's not right to pretend you were someone, you know. That was the changing point. That was my road to Damascus, as, we, you know, as, as people say. But, yeah, like, you know, if you look at my, if you look at my um, Facebook, you know, you will see pictures of me, you know, and here's Warren in a Ferrari driving a Ferrari, and here's Warren in a Hummer driving a Hummer around Texas. You know, here's you know, and I flew everywhere. We were we were I flew a lot. I flew a lot. You know, um, and all that stuff kind of changed for me with her birth. And so, when she was born, we were, we we were renting. We were renting here in Shoreham, and uh, we'd always wanted to buy a house. It was kind of on our thing. And so, when we went to buy the house. And my wife is the most organized person in the world. She's amazing. But um, she, she she's very good at taking that emotion out of decisions because it's very easy to be emotional about a lot of these things we do. And so we we put, she put together this sort of spreadsheet document about us and what a house meant to us and what we wanted to do and the things we really wanted. And there was, th- and we just put it all on this list on this spreadsheet and we kind of scored things. And so... I really wanted a big dining room so that when we had our friends over and when they had kids and we had all our families over, we could all sit together and have a big meal and be in the same room. And and so we have a big dining room. You've seen our dining room. We have a massive dining room. It's ridiculous. But that's what I wanted. I want, I want, that's what I really wanted. That was for me, growing up as a kid, that my, my, my best memories were going around to someone's house and we would all the things together so that we could all sit together on a table and that would be you know the adults would have the real table and the kids would be sitting on the table tennis table with a tablecloth over it and we might have like a picnic table at the end to kind of squeeze everyone in but we'd all be sitting around together doing these things and I really wanted that so that was what one thing I was my highest on my list I really wanted that I wanted um, off-street parking because I wanted to have an electric car I wanted the ability to have solar panels 
because I really wanted to reduce our our carbon our, our carbon footprint. Um, and then anyway, there was all these things we had on the list. You know, office space we could have our own office in the house, and blah blah, and this and that, and so on and so forth. Um, and then we looked at houses, and it was a nightmare. And we only found this place because the the picture was um, the pictures and the map of the house, the the floor plan didn't make sense, and it really annoyed me. And there's something like in my like in my my uh, my brain that kind of won't let that, that that kind of stuff go i have to i have to know i have to know why that doesn't that doesn't look right and so it just drove me nuts until and i think i handed the guy who was the estate agent and said look i really want to see this house i want to know what's going on. i don't understand that doesn't make any sense and he's like oh, it's always sold and i was like oh I'm, I'm you know really interested keep keep me on that list i'd ring him up every couple of weeks so it's still it's still it's still gone not that not that i thought i'd buy it but just because it, it i couldn't i couldn't make the pictures and the, the floor plan work in my head that i was losing sleep because it was just driving me nuts i was trying to like there's a mistake here it doesn't the script doesn't make any sense and um we actually met the guy sitting in the house looking at another house and we got talking to him and he could see that we were a young family looking for a new place and stuff and uh the estate agent said oh you met the guy blah blah and so he said look, look come and look at the house at least come have a look at it the other the people buying it are just taking so long they're, they're, they're probably going to drop out so if you're interested come and see it. and we came in so it's all oh, right now it makes sense in my head now they, they basically missed an entire room off the floor plan <laughs> and it's like it, it didn't make any sense like, yeah. i couldn't i couldn't see it literally there was a there was a room missing on the floor plan it's like okay now now that makes sense now i can see how this works and how you can actually live here and we kind of fell in love with it. We were on a walk. There's no road outside. So we're like, oh, Senna could run out there in safety. There's nothing to worry about the front. And then the house isn't perfect for solar, but it's good. But there's a garage out back, so I could have an electric car. And then there's space out back for storage. And, you know, it's not ideal. There were there were things that we were like weren't perfect. And it was drafty. And it was, um, and it had gas. And, you know, there were things that, we needed to do but we kind of fell in love with it so we kind of fought for it and so i think it took us a year over a year but we got in we got the place and we got it it cost it cost more than we wanted to pay really but we really wanted it um and then we came in and we just started renovating so um the one of the first things we do is get solar and the electric car um and so Again, it's about looking at that long term, and for me, it was like this is a long term thing. We've got to do this properly, and so they wanted to. They were like, "Oh, you know, do a like a three point six or four kilowatt system. You'd be fine. Do this, do that, blah blah." And I was like, mm, "That doesn't work for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at electric cars. I'm looking at this as much as my usage is this. I'm trying to do this." And so we got six point two seven kilowatts on the roof, twenty two panels, um, and we got that. Then we had to rewire part of the house up for it because it was the the wiring here was terrible that cost a small fortune we changed when we got here um the guy who lived here before had been a shop fitter like um for commercial like, like he was a like senior but it was like a commercial stuff so every single light in the house was halogen like from from like you know when you go into these big like you know 10 years ago you'd go into like a big like a big like a warehouse not warehouse not even a warehouse like a commercial like a, on a high street you'd go into like next or go into like a okay. like a shop and they'd have these ultra bright lights yeah yeah because you want that you want everything to be super well lit because it looks nice you go into a jeweler's 
and everything like you you, you want to pull out a ring and everything's bling it all, that, that's the kind of look they're going for so every light in this place was you know super bright and halogen um so the electricity bill was ridiculous um and we systematically changed every light in the house because of that we had to go through and change them all and then we realized and then we had to turn the heating up because the heating the house was so cold and drafty that we realized that the boiler couldn't cope with the trying to keep the house warm anymore because the lights were keeping the house warm it was that wow. much <laughs> power and the heat coming off the lights so that was that was a big eye-opener for us to realize how much heat was coming off the lights um and that required a hell of a lot of work but it makes a massive difference to electricity bill um and then uh we just kind of lived for a while we figured we need to live here and don't want to do much to it the boiler died so we had to put a new boiler in and at the time i couldn't afford air source heat pump and i hadn't done enough research to merit doing it so we just stuck in the best boiler we could which wasn't cheap but it was the most efficient boiler we could get and then we we were looking at other bits and pieces and at that point i got and got involved in the transition town network i don't know if you heard of them no. there's a group and they're really good they're called transition towns they're all over the uk all over the world i think and they are um people like you and me who are on this journey trying to make things better and do things they do lots of different things and in the neighboring town worthing they had this thing called eco open homes and so i thought hey that sounds really interesting i looked it up and they're like oh they're doing all these things and these people who have done retrofits to their houses or done this and done that are opening up their houses to let people go and have a look so uh, i went I took my little Zoe and I went down there. I think Barbara and Senna were away for the weekend in Ireland. I just went on my own and I wandered around and I talked to these people. And it was really interesting because, they, yes, they had done all these things and they'd done kind of this and they'd done kind of that. But they, I'd done more than them for in a lot of cases. I was like, well, why haven't you got solar? Oh, we don't really know. And I was like, no, look at this. And I was showing them my my apps with my solar generation and what's going on. And I was like, oh, why haven't you got an electric car? Oh, no, blah, blah. And I was like, so I was taking them out for rides in the car. And I was there to see their house. Not they, you know, I was at their house talking to them about their house, yeah. but showing them my house on my phone <laughs> and pictures and what I'd done and taking them out in my car and showing them bits and pieces. And then, and then, they, a few people mentioned it jokingly, but but like, but when we were talking, they were like, "Why aren't we at your house? What you're you're you've got all this stuff. You can do all this. You're you're telling us stuff." Because I was there to see like their insulation and their bits and pieces, but I've done which, which is important as well. Yeah, yeah. And but I'd already done a lot of these things. They hadn't done. Yeah. Um. Arguably, they'd done the right thing. They'd done the insulation first, and then the other stuff later on. I'd kind of come and like the bit backwards. But you know, that's you don't know. You're kind of doing it. You do it as you think. You, you do the best best for you. And so they were like, "You, we should be looking at your house. You should be talking about this stuff." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know. I'll think about it." And so the following year, they they mailed, they messaged me and said, "Look, we're doing another one this year. There's 18 months later. We're going to do another one. We're doing eco open homes again. We're going to do this. We'd really like you to open up your house." I'm like, "I don't live in Worthing. I'm like, don't worry. We're, we're gonna." We're going to open up to Worth. We're going to open up the showroom for your house. So it was like Worthing. Oh, and here's here's a house like you know three miles away. But go and see this guy's house. <laughs> um, and by that point, I'd done a few more bits and pieces, and I'd, I'd done. Some, and I, by that point, we had the power wall in as well. So we'd bought a power wall. Then we were, uh, um, according to Tesla, I was the third person in the UK to get a power wall too. Um, wow. 
because again, I just pestered them. I kept them ringing them and saying, "Where, where is it? Where is it? Am I waiting for it? I ordered it. Where is it? Where is my Powerwall?" Uh, a combination of that and a combination of knowing exactly what I wanted to do, and and also weirdly, I think it was one of those ones where because I'm quite active in this stuff and I was on forums and I was doing bits and pieces they could see that I was going to be a good ambassador for it and so they made sure that I got it really early on so I think it was literally I think um, some people got theirs a bit earlier so there were a few customers who got theirs a bit earlier because they were VIPs and then I was the f I was the number three on the, the like non-VIP list and even then it was because my installer couldn't do it on a Saturday so I had my my installer was on a Sunday and they did, they'd already installed two other ones had been installed on the, the Friday and the Saturday before I got mine um so yeah, it was it was I had that and that was really interesting and people really wanted to see it because like oh, Tesla Powerwall, you know, it's literally a big white block on the wall. It is yeah. <laughs> it's it's not exciting to look at. It, like right now, you can't even see it in my garage because there's stuff all around it. You can't get to it because it's in my garage and I've got things piled up. Um, but that was a big deal, and so uh, loads of people came to the house and talked to us about what we'd done and. Um, it was really interesting because there were people who came on that day were like, oh, hi, I met you here a year ago or two years ago and we talked to you and we bought an electric car because of what you said or we bought solar panels because of what you said. And and it was really weird. There were, there were house owners. I met them. We had dinner together as a group that evening after the event and they were like, you came to our house to, like a year and a half ago and because of you, we have solar panels, and we've done this, and we did that, and we have an electric car. And, we, and it was like, it was really cool. It was like, oh, it was nice to know that you helped someone, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of been what we do here. So since since then, um, just before the pandemic, we were set to another one. And again, I was going to open up my house, and I was going to run an EV event as well, because obviously it's just EVs. We had it all set up to the EVs by the sea, down by the seafront. Um, but the pandemic kicked in. But before that point, we had done the triple glazing, which just makes the house amazingly secure and sealed. And we got rid of all the drafts. The doors, oh my God, the doors. It was just like, you, I, you probably heard, you, you see me open the door, so it opens like an airlock. It's like, as the door opens, yeah. you know, it's just amazing. It just made such a difference to the to the heating and the feel of the house and the quietness of the house. You know, we have quite a main major road on the other side over there. It's the slip road to a motorway, but you can't hear it in here. Um, so we'd done that, and we'd done various other bits and pieces. Uh, we'd done some low water stuff, low flow water. We've got a, a hot composter out back to look after food waste. Um, we have. Uh, the big one actually happened last year. So this is after the event was supposed to happen. The event was then cancelled and nothing happened. But last year we did the air source heat pump. We got rid of gas in the house completely. So I have a gas fireplace over there, which is literally wired to nothing. There's a, it's a hole where the meter was. Octopus, <laughs> Octopus came in and took the meter out, which is awesome. Um, we had someone knocking on the door this week and said, oh, we want to check your uh, your meters. We want to check your gas. I'm like, what? And they were like, oh, yeah, we need to check your gas. We, we literally haven't got gas. Uh, I've got to check it. So the man came and checked it and he goes, right, we can see it's been done, blah, blah. We will cap you on the main line now so you won't have gas coming into that. Because obviously the line still run, the main line still yeah, run. Yeah. They're going to cap that off because um, we're never having gas back in here. We don't need it. Yeah, so. there's no point having the gas to your property. Yeah, like, so it's, it's not safer. safe. Yeah. Get rid of it. <laughs> done. Bosh. Done. Um, so yeah, so that, that sort of thing. And then... So we've done all that stuff. We've also done a lot of uh, the home automation stuff. Is I like I like my computer stuff. So 
we have um home automation here for things like electric blinds and lighting which means that lights come on and off at certain times and we can in the summer i can set the blinds to shade the house we get the sun coming in very much at the front during the day and shading it keeps the house cool and then when it gets like um, late afternoon we can open it up again and let light back in but it's only like you know when we're at work it doesn't make a difference even the dog's here and the dog doesn't really care for like the shades are open or closed um but it just means we can open the shades up later it keeps the house cooler dog's happier we're you know we're happier and in the winter we can have we can have the light the shades open as long as they need to be open um they automatically close at sunset lights will come on all those kind of things are all run automatically um that and that automation stuff goes back to before we had the power wall we were automating um washing machine those kind of things all get automated and so it's a follow-on from that we kind of expanded it to how we could use automation to offset our power so it's things like charging your car off peak um all the things that you do normally are charging like we don't do it as much anymore because we have the power wall so we're a bit lazier with it hence when you came in this morning my wife was running the washing machine um but but norm we can just pin that to run overnight in fact i did run a dishwasher overnight when we did dishes dishwasher can run overnight off peak or cheap um depending on the time of year in the summer we run during the day because obviously the solar panels are cranking out so yeah, much power yeah. that's what we do we uh we put everything on during the day because sun <laughs> yeah well the thing is we we have with the battery well i like the battery charge um we're using a much more electricity at the moment because it's cold and we now have gone to air source heat pump um and that's that that is a lot more electricity but again once you get to april we'll probably be pretty much self-sufficient so before before this point with the power wall from from may to september we were probably 99 98% efficient in the house self okay. sufficient in the house from solar and power wall that's going to change this year because obviously we have no gas now because we're now heating the house on on electricity um, but, but that but that previous from May to September that was everything in the house electrical that included our cooking and it was running two electric cars and we were completely self sufficient between the power wall between the zappy and charging and using solar and being clever with your stuff um and that's because we went for a massive massive solar array yeah yeah you've, you've got quite a big big array and yeah, the, the funny thing about solar is that uh if you installed it like ours has been installed in 2017 if i look at the solar panels now for the same amount of money that i paid for the solar panels five years ago or yeah five years ago um i can get pretty much 40 percent 50 percent more output um on my roof um and, and not not just not just um cost but um efficiency yeah so the same amount of panels will get you so much more power yeah that's what i mean like the, yeah the, just you know we've got 14 panels and i could i could uh, i could literally have a third more 33 percent more power output from the same amount of panels on the roof they'll be cheaper and um, you know it's just amazing how much this um, technology improves what i'm trying to say is basically if you're on the on the fence when it comes to solar like just jump on it because a the electricity is go going up and b uh, uh it just it just makes sense from sustainability yeah point of view. like i keep telling people this if you if you have a roof uh, especially if you have a good roof that's facing south or like our roof isn't even facing south and it's been amazing for us um 
just just get on with it. So like we have six point two seven uh kilowatts up there. It's twenty two panels, it's fourteen at the front, eight at the back. Um and so we get quite a nice spread over the day. Um we oversized our inverter because we um when when I did this, again I was looking to the future Powerwall 2 wasn't a thing. Powerwall 1 was a thing. And Powerwall 1 required uh, in, an inverter. And so we oversized our inverter so that if we put a Powerwall 1 onto it, it could candle uh, 6 kilowatts. Um, as it happened, we got a Powerwall 2. <laughs> so that, that oversized inverter is well oversized for this. It's probably not the most efficient thing up there, but it's kind of where we went. That's fine. Um, that in a year produces six and a bit megawatts of power in a year, 6,000 kilowatt hours of power. And that will pretty much, apart from the cars and probably the heating now, that pretty much runs the entire house. It's more than, more than our house usage for an entire year. Yeah. Um, so do it. <laughs> if if you can do it, do it. Now, now, of course, we have a battery which allows us to store that power that we generate during the day and use it at night time. And then in the winter, we use Octopus Go because we have an electric car, so we're on a cheaper tariff. And we then charge our battery overnight using cheap, clean electricity and then run our house during the day. So it, we we get double bites of the cherry on the on the whole power battery thing, but even without a battery, solar is just a no brainer for what it gives you. The, with the cost of electricity at the moment, just just do it if you if you've got the money to put into it. Um, we've just invested in Ripple. Have you you looked at Ripple? Um, no. Nope. So you know what Ripple is, right? Explain it to people. Okay, so uh, so Ripple is a. Uh, crowdsourced community wind farm. I think it's with a, there are various descriptions for it. This is how I see it anyway. It's it's like basically you buy a, a part, share. a share, a percentage of a wind farm. And then that percentage, that share generates power. And then you can then... Um, uh, get the profit from that power so it kind of works it's not quite as simple as saying that's the power for your house because it's not as simple as that the way i think it, it's 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 not as simple to explain as people think it is but the way i see it is this um they've done a deal with octopus and so if they give if ripple gives octopus um say a thousand kilowatts of power a thousand kilowatt hours of power then um they that because the price isn't set by um by what ripple provider the price is set as a market price yeah um what octopus do is octopus say they they will um take that power from ripple they will give ripple that money yeah uh, sorry, they they give, they give ripple the um rather than give ripple the entire amount of money they give ripple the cost of electricity as generated as a deal with ripple and then the rest of the money which is what they should pay to ripple actually gets paid to the investors so minus a certain percentage for overheads so it's a you know whatever it is and so you then get a refund on your electricity bill which is the profit from the generation from your 
wind farm you're part of the wind farm so it's not as simple as simple things there are yeah. much better videos online about this <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be as as truthful and correct as i can be as i know but in essence you invest in a wind farm and you get money back for it um but for me it's so this house generates about six megawatts a year uh, with my electric cars with both electric cars and now with the air source heat pump we've blown that out of the water um so for me it's about people people like to, people offset their power they can you can you can buy stuff to be green and offset your power for me it's literally i can do that by having a share in a wind farm and i know that personally i am responsible for generating this amount of power it's six megawatts up here and it's going to be about seven or eight megawatts at ripple well that more than covers all the power i use yeah so i personally am am covering our usage in the house yeah that's how i see it in my brain now i say that from an absolute an absolute place of privilege i am very privileged to be able to do this most people can't but i am and this is this is my privilege and this is how i choose to use it um so yeah like if you can do this stuff it's important because the more of us who are doing this the more people who are putting the money into the likes of social enterprise and ripple these wind farms these these renewable energy things the the more mainstream it becomes the cheaper it becomes for everyone else and the more that people see it and invest in it and and do the right thing we need to get off our reliance of fossil fuels we need to move away from that and move to renewables um and the more of us who do this and it's the same reason why i do all these things in the house i spent the money on the triple glazing because if more people did triple glazing and did that it become cheaper for everyone else the people coming behind me and and for my own selfish reasons i do that because my selfish reason is i have a 10 year old now and that's my selfish reason. If everyone anyone says, why do I do all this stuff? It's completely about my daughter. It's about being able to look her in the eye in 10 years' time, in 15 years' time, in 20 years' time. And when she says, what did you do? I can say, look, you know, I was a bad person with this stuff. I flew everywhere. I drove fast cars and I loved all this stuff. But when you were born, I changed and I did this. And this is what I did to make amends for the stupid decisions I'd made when I was younger. And that's really important. And that's my that's my selfish piece. That's why I do this stuff. That's my motivation. Um, just being able to do that makes means I can sleep at night knowing that yeah. I'll be able to I'll be able to look her in the eye and say this stuff. Um, not that I judge my parents for their decisions, because obviously I do, because we all judge our parents for their decisions. <laughs> but um, but they they I think when you become a parent, or when you you know you, you kind of realise that uh, you, they, people are doing their best. They everyone's doing their best, and so I want to absolutely show her that I am doing my best. But also, I want her to know that if she doesn't like something or see something and thinks that isn't right or or that needs changing that she can make that change whether it's a small change personally for her or it's a big change by rallying people around her and going and find the people who are doing this and standing up and making that difference and that's what i need to do that's that leading by example is important it is indeed this is one of the reasons i'm doing the podcast is to just Talk to people and spread the message. Yeah. Um, 
because it inspires people when they hear somebody else like that you know we're social animals we're uh we, we we reproduce ideas we see and we do if we like it you know uh and having a podcast is one of the, my ways to contribute yeah. um so even if it's a small audience that you know even if it's one person sometimes emails me and says i've done this because i've had somebody on the podcast doing it you know i'm like happy days i've done uh, yeah, yeah. i've it, done my work exactly um, that, that feeling you get it's it's impossible to like like I look at, like I've spoken about this a minute ago when we talked about people coming to the house and talking about things I've done. I'm meeting people on the street or things, and they say, "Oh, I got, I got, I did this because I saw you do it." You know, just knowing that someone else did it, someone else has done this piece, and someone else, all that, someone's willing to just answer the phone and help you, and doesn't isn't trying to take your money, isn't isn't interested, is doing it for good reasons, just wants to be helpful, just yeah. trying to help. Um, that that's important but yeah the feeling you get when someone says oh yeah you're the reason i did this and thank you so much it's really helped or you were the final push we needed to go and do this thing and you know and and yeah it's cool it's just a cool feeling and it, it's really funny because there are people who i really admire really admire where I, I i went to their house and i was like oh my god you're amazing doing all these things blah blah and that's that's so cool and then they came to me and said, "Oh, you know, I've, I've got an electric car because of you. I did this." And it's like, "Hang on a minute, you're you're just you're just like it blows my mind because like they're so much further ahead of all the other things they do." Um, I got a really good friend of mine, and she is amazing. Um, I love her dearly, and she is um, she uh, her entire life has been about helping kids and um, uh, and doing things for autistic children and her entire life's been dedicated to that and so she goes into schools and does these things and does these interventions for these children who are really struggling with life and she's just the most amazing and lovely person and i completely every time i speak to her i'm completely blown away by how cool she is and she said to me like a little while ago oh oh you know we've put solar panels on the house and we're looking at our electric car because of something you did and that just blows my mind because <laughs> she's just like she her what she does is so much more actionably worthy than anything i've ever done in my entire life <laughs> and she she was um i don't know if inspired is the right word but she was motivated to make that change because i'd done it because i'd done it and i'd do this and i do stuff i say yeah it's important be seen be 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 out there be doing this stuff it makes a difference and, I, and i'm not i'm i really not one for being out there i'm very good at talking to people i love having a chat with people i'm very good one-to-one -one. i love this kind of stuff where you go to a like we met in a field last year by an air an airfield and we just chatted and i love that i love i love talking to people and love so oh, what's your experience and what's going on with that have you tried this well that's really interesting oh, can we do this can we do that i love that kind of stuff to it and that's led to all these things and doing things for journalists and doing things in in um on the news and in print and all those things but i'm one of the things i'm really looking forward to when we get a ceo for eva england um and one of the reasons i miss jill so much because jill's amazing yes is that is that i can then just, just slink back a little bit and let somebody <laughs> else be out front because i'm really happy to do it face to face and talking to people but um I, i'm not quite as comfortable doing uh the camera stuff and the podcast this is different because me I, i've spoken to you a few times now i see you as a friend so this is much this is much 
of a muchness in that sense we're having a chat and it's like we'd have a chat yeah. about the things and i've um, got a small audience of people who like this sort of stuff so we you know yeah no one's, among- no one's gonna hear it. it's fine exactly. <laughs> we're amongst friends <laughs> but but it's weird when it's weird when someone sends you a text message saying i just saw you on the news it's just like or with a with a screenshot it's like, oh that's really strange so i'm really looking forward to kind of just moving back a little bit and not being on camera quite so much and 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 just doing i I, want to help people but i'm quite able to help them quietly in the background and i I really like like i said i really like you should talk to this person and putting people in touch that way as what i was doing before you came i was upstairs emailing and saying i met this person a fully charged um uh live is coming up and there was a vendor meetup this week so people who are going to go they did a presentation and they they talk about what's going on and what's going they announced the the free charge north and some other bits and pieces um and i love i love going to that and talking to the guys uh, you know it's one of the few times i get to go out and you know say hi to dan and say hi to robert and just and the team there that like i like the team are, are awesome people um i got to hang out and chat to davina this time and she's lovely i don't know if you know um she is uh, look i'm I'm not going to say anything more actually she she is now part of the team there so you'll see her on social media and stuff but she's amazing um and yeah just getting to hang out with those guys and talk to them but there's so many people there just who i see and talk to so um kate was there from the charge safe stuff and then um graham cooper from natural grid was there and then the guys from ev cafe and and girls uh, sarah sarah was there as well say hi to them and talking to them but today was very much right who did i talk to right this person should talk to this person because that there, there, there's something going on there that i know about privately that actually they're both doing this thing and that'd be really cool um yeah, and then there's a. I spoke to a guy who's a YouTuber who does. Uh, not there actually. I was on. A, I'm so busy. I was on, in the car driving back from that. I was talking to a guy who's a YouTuber about some of the stuff he's doing. And I was like, right, I really need to introduce you to um, these people over here because they'll be really interested in what you have to say. And actually, I need to talk to the fully charged people and see if they have. Um, maybe there's something they can do with you because actually you'll be really good to be up on stage talking about your experience because it's really important that people hear this stuff and that's what i like doing that's where that's where my comfort zone is <laughs> so yeah so when the ceo comes and when uh when we can do this you maybe you won't see you won't see me as much on camera or on tv or on the radio or in print maybe it won't say my name as much but hopefully you'll see me a lot more at things and if you ever want to come and talk to me and you have questions or i can help just just get in touch yeah, you're, you're virtually at every event that I've ever been to, so. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, well, I'm not going to extend any with any questions. Like that's a good closing oh, cool. Thank statement. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time. Of course, anytime you know where I am. And uh, if, there's, if there's anything I can do, you know where to get me. All right. Take care, buddy. Cheers. Well, that's it for the episode 35. If you got up to here... Thank you very much. You're amazing. Um, Just like I said before, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and, you know, just share wide and, you know, please kind of just let me, let me know that uh, you're listening and enjoying this content. It means a lot. And here are some jokes, just because you're, uh, you've waited so long and you've been listening to the end. Enjoy. 
Why did the electric car finish the race early? Had a short circuit. Booyah! <laughs> my, my son kept chewing on electric cables. So I had to ground him. Hey, hey! Waka waka! <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a current license to drive an EV? Current. I see what you did there. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-tss. <laughs> ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>